Hello and welcome. Before we get into our latest wild endeavors, I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to International Podcast Month. Starting September 1st, the IPM feed will feature daily releases, including many diverse and inclusive podcasting folks in audio fiction minisodes, creator conversations, nonfiction episodes, and RPG actual play one shots. It's a month long celebration of marginalized creators, building communities, sharing listeners, and boosting each other's voices. This year, you can hear me, Thomas, in a one-shot featuring the Songs for the Dusk system. Songs for the Dusk is an absolutely fantastic system and setting in which brave and compassionate adventurers called Striders try to build a better future in a post-post-apocalyptic science fantasy setting that blurs the lines between magic, technology, and miracles. You can also check out all the great content from years past, such as a Wild Endeavors audio drama minisode that we had a blast making, and another one-shot where I play a psychically linked colony of weaponized phosphorescent minnows. Yes, it is as wild as it sounds. You can find IPM content just about anywhere you get podcasts, or at internationalpodcastmonth.com. And now... Let's share some wild endeavors. Previously on Wild Endeavors. The search for answers about the King and Yellow's interest in Thorina led the Wayward Sons deep under a dead city and into the depths of an ancient temple. After a surprise meeting with an old friend, the companions are ready to make their way out of the temple and continue their search. Their way into the seemingly abandoned structure was pretty easy, so surely getting out will be as well, right? This is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Nick Feely as the elven fighter Aramil Galadinel. Guys, I'm like the best fucking archer that's ever existed in the world. Evan Chamberlain as the human cleric Elemin Corster. Because uh, I don't want to hurt my friends, obviously. They're my friends. They're the only friends that I have. Devin Salisbury as the Eladrin wizard Varys Leodon. Yeah. I'm fine with you taking damage for the team. Amy Jossino as the Dwarven Barbarian, Thorina Thunderhelm. But also, am I just, like, strong enough where I can be like, rah! Adam Rogers as the Gnome Rogue, Malkin Kessel. Single-handedly, once again, Malkin <laughs> says that. And I'm Thomas Marcetti, the GM and producer of These Are Wild Endeavors. And you tell me the words that you said that I definitely was paying attention to <laughs> when you said what I was supposed to see. And now, episode 18 The Trap is Set.
An owl sits on a perch, looking out at the city of Paragon. As gloaming falls across the land, the sky above the dead city remains a sickening gray. Not quite light, not quite dark, just never-changing gray. A brown-speckled owl flies up and joins the other on the perch. They look at each other, and then almost in unison, they hop from the branch. Their bodies twist and grow, and instead of owls, a dwarven woman and a short human man land on the ground below. Report. They, uh, they entered uh, Paragon two days ago. They entered a, a keep near the heart of the city, and uh, haven't come out. You haven't seen them in two days? Uh, it, would, it, it would take them half a day just to, to walk out of the city. I, I fly over the city every couple hours. There's there's no way they can slip by. I, I just... I, I just couldn't bear to stay in that city any longer, he says with a shudder. I suppose I don't blame you. The two stare out at the city that is the antithesis of nature and of life. Well, when they do resurface, notify your contact in Brightmoon. One way or another, we'll make sure the wayward sons do not leave this valley. Wait, wait. I thought the plan was to let them find the Crucius for us. Then once they have them all, we can, we can take them and once and for all destroy the Crucius forever. That was the old plan. All I know is what my handler tells me. And that is the wayward sons cannot be afforded the chance to stop what is coming. What is coming? Remember Arthmore? So too to any enemy of the Eternal Watch, or of Arya. Our new allies are already on their way to Santarius. The woman looks at him out of the corner of her eye, gauging his response. He simply turns to look back at Paragon and says, Arya abides. Arya abides. There is another moment of silence between the two before the woman turns and with a couple hopping steps turns back into an owl and flaps silently into the growing night. The man stays for a moment longer before he too turns and returns to his perch as an owl watching the dead city. We open on the five of you resting in the room of a thousand fountains. Then's magic provided a brief respite here, and for the first time in the several days that you've been down here, you were able to sleep without the whispers of the mind flayers invading your rest. All around you are the fountains with twelve-foot statues in the center. They are all made of a strange black marble that almost seems to be dully illuminated from within, without actually casting light around it. So all around you, you can see the fountains, even far enough out that you can't see the ground in the darkness. So out in the black, these fountains seem to float like dark stars. What are you all doing? 
and check any any more of this room out, see if there's any like other paths out. If you, if you poke around a little bit more, it seems like there are there were at one point eight altars, kind of spaced equally around. Each one probably had an altar and some type of like statue there. All that's left is like rubble, or in a couple of them, like the back half of that dais is broken off, and so just like whatever was there, like, is like fallen over the edge. Um, if you peek over the edge, you can see that it's just uh, abyss below you. It's just darkness as far down as you can see. Uh, er- Aramil, why don't you find a little lighty thingy down there? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Light okay. for a while. You can see the edge of whatever kind of platform this thing is on as the arrow, like, zooms down past it. But then probably about, like, 300 feet down or so, it looks like that platform just disappears. Or at least narrows away from the edge of the light that the arrow is casting. And so from that point, this arrow is just, like, out in the middle of darkness. And it keeps going and going and going until it just, like, disappears. Alright, don't fall down there. Cool. So, um, I guess we'll go... Uh, the only way out is back where we came from. What are you guys thinking? Should we head to those ruins that we missed before? There might be that army of, uh, you know, assholes out there still. Yeah. There was the ruins, or there's, like... Well, the lake was back the other way, right? Past where we thought they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I say we at least get out of the temple and figure it out. Yeah. So we'll, Sounds uh, like a good idea. I'll lead them to the direction of where that levitate tube was. Mm-hmm. So one by one, you float up... After about a minute, the light from the arrow begins to illuminate the bottom of the temple tower. So one by one, you come up through that hole and back up onto the the lowest floor of the temple. It's a wide-open room. There are, like, three clusters of benches that look like they were arranged in semicircles around something. Um, There's only rubble there now. And there's really nothing else in the room except that now you notice that there is a red light emanating throughout the room. It doesn't seem to be coming from any particular source. Like, it doesn't cast any shadows. There is just red, like a dim red light everywhere. Is there anything that I can glean from this uh, red light that's appeared? You remember from the way down, pretty much everything in the area had a low level of magic to it. And this light is certainly magical. Guys, it looks like we're in the red light district. (laughs) Just what I needed. You might get screwed, so... (laughs) Aren't you funny? Um, Be on edge, because somebody might be here now. Could it be like an alarm? Do we hear anything? Everything seems pretty calm. There's no sound. There's no, like, really anything happening that you can tell. It's just... Um, Let's proceed upstairs, I guess, slowly. Yeah. The stairs are a stone spiral open on the sides. And so as you come up through the the stairs, like you get to a point where your head is kind of at floor level of the next level above. The room appears to be empty, other than a set of stairs on the other, like the far side of the room. Guys, this one looks empty too. Weren't there chains more in here? Light. Oh yeah, where'd all that shit go? Oh no. <laughs> Alright, so I'm just gonna take my hammer <laughs> and hit the first plate that's, what? like, right in front of me. What? Okay. I'm trying to trigger it! Alright, sure. Indiana Jones style. Give me a roll. Um, when you do that, you hear a pressure plate click, and there's an, a resounding click from the ceiling above, and a chain comes shooting, like, straight down, and there's a big, like, meat hook on the end. It just comes by and, like, grazes your shoulder. 
try to take my arm, aren't you? After it comes down and like cuts you, it then jerks back up, and you are able to like get out of the way of that, and so it doesn't take you back up with it. But then like once it like hits the ceiling, then it kind of like just drops again. And I'm like just hanging, like dangling. Shit. Okay, Farina, maybe don't do that. <laughs> okay, so I was just checking to see if that was if it was gonna be triggered or not. Like, do the do the place happen to imagine. have letters written on guys, it guys. that we need to step on in order? Guys, let's just take a moment and think about our items and think about the wonderful magic flying carpet we have. Oh yeah, <laughs> and let's just use that. Let's just see things from a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if we can, I'd like to all of us get on the magic carpet and just fly over these pressure plates. I would them. love to join you on the magic carpet. It would be. I'm magical. so excited about this. Okay, so the carpet is four feet by seven feet. If you guys think you can all fit on there, um, well, like if you it, honestly is, think, this is going to be like this is going to sound silly, but couldn't we like have a can driver? Hold like, somebody. Well, can't Varys just be the driver and take us over one at a time? I'll be the first one to ride. <laughs> All right, I take them across. Okay, I'll be I'll be last. We do that. Okay, so you fly them over to the stairs. They eventually begin to have to like you have to start moving up the stairs to make room for other people. So as you do that, if Malkin, if you're the first one over, you see the like as you come up into the next floor, you see that this one is again glowing uh, that dim red light. It is empty, save for four pedestals in the center of the room, or in like a little square. They're about, like, ten feet apart. I, t- I turn around and tell Varys what I see. We have we avoided it last time. I'm willing to just do that again, but I'm not a risk-taker. Malkin just walks up into the room. Okay, so you're standing at the, the top of the stairs, which is, like, it is level with the floor. Yep. You're, you're standing there, like... You got it. Can I investigate? <laughs> what are you investigating? The floor. Sure. There are no pressure plates that you see in the in the immediate vicinity. Where the other rooms have been almost spotless, which is kind of weird because they've you know, considering that it's a very abandoned temple, there seems to be like dust or dirt kind of scattered around the floor here. I like turn around and say it's safe to come up. Okay, come on. I, I do that. So everyone's quiet, and I just, like, Malkin, like, kneels down onto the floor and, like, runs his finger across it and, like, looks at the dust and, like, licks it real quick and just says, something's different about this place. If you're licking it, you know it doesn't taste like dirt. Like, it has that consistency, but it's not dirt. Is it, like, dead, charred body? It almost seems like, um... Knock it down, dander. I don't know the word up for it. Like the sheddings of insects. That's gross. Would I be familiar with, like, an insect that is larger than me? <laughs> given the given the consistency of this, it's it seems like it came from normal-sized insects. I don't think that you are adept at tasting insects enough to know, like, what type it is. As soon as Malkin licks the dirt or whatever, I just give him a an absolutely horrified look and just say, what are you doing? It's like... It's not dirt. It's weird. This seems to be left behind by insects, and there's a lot of it, so I'm a little concerned that we're going to trip something here that's going to let out, like... Possibly spiders, since this is a 
it's we there are spiders yeah. all over this fucking place. Spider Sorry. symbology. I don't like spiders. Tread lightly. Well, let's just avoid the room as best we can to just see what happens. Agreed. Um, but I'll I'll pause and let them go a little bit, see what happens. <laughs> Confirmed. Ferris is a dick. <laughs> I'm not a dick. I just I'm curious what happens. It's a little dickish. So when Ferris slows down, Aaron, what do you do? I push him in the back, like slightly. Yeah. So as you are about halfway through the room, kind of just like parallel to that square of pillars, you hear a grinding noise, and three things happen at the same time. A stone cover moves over the stairway down, completely sealing it off. The floor seems to be getting farther away from the ceiling. Um, The pillars are staying the same height, so they seem to be kind of like starting to stretch. And as that that new part of these columns are revealed, there are a bunch of little holes in them, and spiders begin to come pouring out of the four pedestals. You notice that the floor separates from the stairs leading upward, and that it seems like a, there's a black, like, liquid substance that is now flowing down the stairs. I have a plan if you guys are down. Okay. I hold my hand out for the pendant, because Thorina usually has it, and I say, Thorina, get in the pocket dimension. Mm-hmm. Aramil, Malkin, fly the carpet out of here, and Element, come with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm up on it. Can I be thinking about whether we're really seeing what we're seeing? Yeah, I'll let you do that while you're while you're getting on the, com- on the carpet. Um, this seems pretty real. Okay, so Malkin, like, he hopped up onto the carpet or got it out, hopped up onto it. Mm-hmm. And he, like, well, I guess, I don't know if he'd rub his fake eye, but <laughs> rubbed his, his eyes <laughs> and then, like, looked again and just said to myself, like, well, this is real. <laughs> I like it. I'll jump up on the carpet. Okay. Uh, so you're up on the carpet. Green is in the pocket dimension. So, yeah, as soon as that happens, I dimension Doris on that next level, basically. Fuck. We're going to get stuck here now. All right. So, remind us what that looks like. I like reality folding in itself around me. Okay. As soon as the two of you, like, reality warps up there, like, but in reverse and kind of, like, spits you back out, as soon as you touch the floor, you are immediately flung up into the ceiling, and you feel dozens of spikes pierce into you. Oh! Um, That was unexpected. Very unexpected. And you both are poisoned. Um, You come falling back down, belly flop onto the floor. What? Alright. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep an eye on them. Well, I was gonna let Thorina out, but, or, you know, let her know, but I don't want her to get flung up. I don't know what'll happen. Oh, and I'll shout and say, come on. So, can we, like, fly the carpet up the stairs up to the next room? Yes. Yeah, you can make it there, no problem. So, you would be on the carpet, basically floating just above the stairs in the room. They are kind of, like, just getting back to their feet, basically, and you can see that they've been, like, they're bleeding now, and they weren't the last time you saw them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I pretty probably just yells, oh, shit. I'll say, guys, what the hell happened? Yeah. There's spikes. <laughs> <laughs> that pocket dimension's looking pretty good now. But we have no idea how, like, how this room is trapped. Like, I don't think it's smart to just leave one person out. If it's the only person that can get us out, like, if he gets killed, yeah. we're kind of screwed. That's true. Yeah. 
Like, we're pretty strong as a team. We just have to be smart about the traps that seem to be around here. Yeah. This element, you feel good? I don't feel good, dude. Yeah, I don't feel that great. Uh, yeah, you got anything for this? I don't know what this yeah. is. Yeah. So, we are no longer poisoned. Well, is that a buy one, get one, or do you have to cast it twice? Um, casting it twice. <laughs> okay. Can I see, like, the pressure plates on the floor again? Right around where, like, Varys and Elemin, like, stood up. You so can like, look. Yeah, go ahead and roll. You do not see any pressure plates. Yeah, watch out from the floor. They have, like, the, uh, like, airbag that... <laughs> Um, so the rest of the room, now that yeah. you're, you're all there, you can see it. This room is completely empty, save for the stairs on the other side of the room. I would let you roll three if anybody wants a reminder of what you saw on the way down. So on the way down, there was a spider inlaid into the floor of the room, and at where like the spider's face would be, there was a dead cultist, like right where its fangs would be. And the cultist's body was covered in holes. Is that spider still there? Uh, no. I think that guy got happened. What happened to us? Yeah, he got yeah. flung. Maybe we have to walk where the spider inlay is. Like we can only walk on those tiles. I, I'm, I can try it. It seems like once it's sprung, it's triggered or whatever. Yeah, they are not getting flung up again from where they're standing. So maybe it's like we take a book or something, drop it on the tile next to us. It gets flung up. It probably gets stuck up there on the spikes. Could I just uh, bury people across on the carpet again? Yeah, I get. Yeah, that's true. You can try any of those things. I just I don't know. Out of game, I feel lame. Just we're just gonna fly across on the carpet. Don't feel bad about using what you have or using yeah, your like, abilities. Like, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I can care. Who wants to? Who wants to go for a ride? I'm already on it, so I'll go first. Okay. So you die. Element and Varys are standing right in front of you. If you want to just go straight forward, is that what you want to do? Can we go like over? Like, is the ceiling tall enough we could go over them? Sure. I flip them off on the way on the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Typical New Yorker. (laughs) So just as you get on the other side of them you two are flung against the ceiling. And you feel <laughs> spikes stab into you. And then you just flop back down onto the flying carpet. And you are poisoned. Ouch. Could I have watched it and, like, saw how that happened? Like, was it a magical trap type thing? Uh, roll something. It did seem pretty magical. If only someone could dispel that. What? Oh, you know, funny thing, as a wizard, I didn't get that spell. <laughs> I'd have to cast it, like, a dozen times or something like that. Cool. That ain't gonna work. So, Therina, you're still hanging out with Diggy. It's been a little while now. Yeah. I mean, they'd come get me if they need me. Okay. I'm just going to wait. Okay. Do any of the tiles look different from each other? Nope. I am going to shoot an an arrow into the tile in front of us. And it just clatters and, like, skitters away across the room. Okay. So objects aren't really helping that. (laughs) 
Okay, so nobody who has magic can tell us what this is. Correct. I mean, I can I can check it out. If... Yeah, I mean, like it's weird that a that a body would trigger it, but not an arrow. Ugh. Fuck it. I'm gonna step on the next tile. Do it happen? And you fly up and hit the ceiling, and you are poisoned. Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to see if anything activated or what made it so he would go uppy. There was no sign of anything activating, but essentially as soon as he stepped onto that next tile, he was very clearly magically flung against the ceiling. He did seem to like sink into the ceiling a little bit, so giving you the impression like there's an illusion of a ceiling and that the entire ceiling might just be spikes. Thomas, I let Lorena out on the safety square. So, Thorina, one moment you are hanging out with Diggy, talking about whatever, or, like, whatever you do when you and Diggy hang up, and then suddenly you are, like, unceremoniously dumped onto the floor. Malkin and Aramil are probably kneeling on a flying carpet next to you. Varys is standing right next to you with the, the pendant, and Element is a little bit forward, just picking himself up off the ground. I assumed we got off the carpet. So, uh, what's the situation here? Um, every all these tile that we step on, we get flung into the ceiling where there are poisonous spikes. And we try to fly over them, and we still got flung up when we got to the next tile. So it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with pressure on the tile. Hmm. Do so, we have any ideas for getting across? Can I just get the, the staff of telekinesis and, like, hold Torino over a plate? <laughs> you can try <find> it. <laughs> Serena, you down to let me just, like, hover you over it? I mean, as long as somebody heals me. It doesn't hurt that much. It's just the poison. It's poisoned. It doesn't hurt that much. (laughs) (laughs) I just have these holes in my back that are bleeding. No big deal. (laughs) There has to be a way to anchor us to the floor. Because the problem is the ceiling. The problem is not the floor. There's something that can... A movable rod. I mean, we can try the staff of telekinesis. I think right, the immovable rod is the best idea I've heard. Yeah, or a movable rod. You still have to probably be a strength check on that, though, right? Yeah, or dexterity, something to hold on. Why don't you take the immovable rod just in case this doesn't work? Okay. Why don't we tie rope to the immovable rod and then to somebody's waist? So I will use the telekinesis rod to hold her in place, or staff, and... um like try to hover her over the plate and see if like if it triggers if I can just still hold her in place okay um so where would you like to move her I guess the next plate in front of us so roll to see how well you could control and maneuver her with the telekinesis so as she goes floating over the next tile, she's you're not thrown up anywhere near as violently as the... Well, you wouldn't know this, but everybody else knows. Not nearly as violently. Ah. And you are poisoned. Damn it. I say, wow, that wasn't nearly as violently as we were thrown up there. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Also, maybe me, uh, a movable rod would have worked well. Yeah. <laughs> How does that thing work? Because Airmail had just said maybe we tie rope to it or something. Basically, when you press the button, it stays where it is. No, it, it doesn't have to be like attached a... to something. Like it can just be in midair. It just floats. Like it just stays wherever you put it. 
I what I think we should do is like hold the immovable rod, push the button, tie a rope to us, jump over the next tile, let it activate, but the immovable rod like basically swings us around with the rope. We'd have to do that over and over and over again all the way across the whole room. I'm willing to try it. Yeah, let's you want me do to try it. it? We're not moving. I'll try it first. I want to put the immovable rod basically on, safely on the tile I'm on. Mm-hmm. Tie yeah, the rope. Then where do you want to? Where do you want to step or I'll jump? To? Jump forward. When you step forward onto that tile, you are flung upward, and the rope turns that into an arc that brings you back around and like smashes you into the floor on the other side of the rod. Okay, but you're not poisoned. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't really make it anywhere. Was You're back where those, you were. It was one of those things that looked more violent than it actually was, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I will, like, very embarrassed. I will stand up, press the button on the immovable rod to like unactivate mm-hmm. it, and then I will step forward onto the tile that I just went over. As soon as you step onto the tile, nothing happens. Okay, I figured out how to do it without getting poisoned, but still taking damage. What do you guys got? That's fine. I can heal you if you want to keep doing it. Let me... is, is everyone okay if I just, like, keep testing this? Like, I'm okay. I'm willing to just keep taking, like, one to two damage. But I want to test getting to the middle of the room and seeing if this spider pattern emerges and nothing happens. Like, I think that's the only way. We have to use the scientific method here. Yeah. I'm fine with you taking damage for the team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, go for it. I'm going to keep trying that, Thomas. Can we just say, like, I'll just keep rolling? Sure. Yeah, which tile do you want to go to next? I'll do to the southeast. You get flung up, and you're expecting this time. So, like, as you're in the air, you kind of, like, whip yourself around and, like, come back down, like, kind of, like, cat-like on the floor, on the, the tile that you just left. But that one is triggered. I turn to the rest of the group and give them, like, a ridiculously cocky smile. <laughs> Nice. Hey, we'll just follow your path. Go for it. I was going to say, can we follow where he just went? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Aramil, you get the next one set up. You're already step forward, waiting to be flung up in the air, and nothing happens. And you look down, and you see that the tile below you has turned from black to white marble, very much like the spider inlay that you saw your first time through this room. Like Malcolm stepped forward onto the next tile by him. Yeah. We do the traditional wayward son conga line. Except, except me in front this time. So, yeah, so we're all just going to follow him. So Like basically okay. my path. Right. Yeah, put me in the conga line. Okay, so because I love this solution that you've come up with, we won't belabor the rest of the room. Go ahead and just give me one more roll to represent the rest of your progress. Okay, great. So you have a, a couple of rough landings. Uh, you end up with maybe a few more bruises, but overall, the rest of the room is a piece of cake, and you are at the stairs to the next level. Thank God. Yay! So, moving up to the third floor, Tharina being in the lead again. This is the floor with that statue that has the king and yellow stuff on it. So, as soon as you pop your head up there, I need you to roll that same like sinking feeling in your gut, anxious, enticing, but like you're able to shake it off and, and look away. I'm gonna tell everybody else not to look at the statue. I think there's something magical about the statue too. Don't look at it. Uh, um, assuming that you all listen to her, you can make your way through the third floor, just kind of averting your eyes from the, the statue in the center. I'm gonna blindfold myself like bird box. <laughs> <laughs> 
So moving up to the second floor, Thorina, as your head comes up above the, the floor on the second level, you see that there are four spider statues on pedestals away from the wall, like maybe half a foot. So the center of the room is empty. Did we see them before? Yes. And the, everything looks the same as it did when we came down? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say we're going to follow the same path that we did coming down? I agree. So when you get about 15 feet into the room, you hear a grinding noise as the stairs behind you are sealed off, and you hear it, like a similar sound coming from the stairs leading up out of the room. From the center of the room, the tiles seem to like start to bulge, and then they split open, and this humanoid-type figure, oddly distended, and looks like it looks like somebody who has been flayed. Like it's just like open, raw muscle and and organs, and this flesh golem pulls itself up out of the ground, like one hand at a time, and then brings the rest of its body out, and it's a good twelve feet tall. Malcolm immediately is like, "All right, let's fuck shit up." Okay, so cue the battle music, and uh, Aramel, you're up first. So I'm going to shoot some arrows at the golem's face. Okay, so the three arrows go flying into the golem. The first two just kind of, like, fletch deep into the thing. And that critical, like, just slams into its neck. It howls in pain as it begins to lumber forward. Well, I want to uh, get my short bow of accuracy out and also fire uh, an arrow. That's a good shot. And another arrow is buried in this thing's torso. That was very exciting. <laughs> is there anything for me to hide behind? I mean, Thorina and Elemen are in front of you. As far as, like, I mean, scenery to hide behind, it, it would have to be one of the, the spider statues. I want to make it to hide behind one of them. Okay. I said bye. <laughs> Can I do like a jump slam down on the golem? Well, let's roll and find out. Do you want to give that a little flavor? So I do like a leap, and as I'm coming down, I bring my hammer down on his shoulder region. So I'm coming down on the left side of him, mm-hmm. bringing that down. And then once the hammer hits the ground, I'm going to bring it back up the opposite direction, up through the left hip to the right shoulder. Nice. Yeah, those are two solid hits. This this thing is starting to look like it. It is looking a little ragged. Cool. Um, I feel bad. We like didn't even talk to it. Like, what if it just wants to be our friend? I immediately started launching arrows. At it. <laughs> you know. Fine. I will ask if it wants to be our friend. It just moans and drools into your face. See, Airmo, this is why we don't make friends with shit. I'm gonna cast guiding bolt at it. There's a red flash as the war god's magic slams into the golem. There's a faint crackling sound as that radiant energy burns away some of the flesh on the thing's torso. Then I'm going to run up and try to get behind it if I can. Okay. How big is the roof or area? It's about 15 feet. So this thing, like, its head is not far from the the ceiling. Is there a a way that I can position a good old fireball to um, hit him and none of my allies. Like, if I hit it on, like, the north side of the room, but, like, towards him. You could try, yeah. Yeah, I would make a roll not check to, like, okay. see if you positioned it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. So, yeah, you, you're able to shoot, like, past the thing. 
the blossom of fire comes up, burning the back of the thing. But not your friends. The golem groans and staggers forward as the fireball sears the back of it. As it's staggering forward, like, it gets its balance again. And then it, like, looks down and somehow seems to be staring both at Elemin and Thorina at the same time. The thing's eyes flare up. And I need both of you to roll. So you both fail. You can feel the weight of the gaze of this golem almost like a physical force on you. It then seems like everything around you begins to speed up. Your own movements seem normal to you, but your companions and even this golem are moving much faster than they should. The rest of us, of course, see just the opposite. We see Elemin and Tharina begin to slow down pretty dramatically. It's not quite to the point where it's like that slow motion running on the beach kind of scene, but it's definitely that similar effect. The golem takes a step backward. Its left arm begins to shake so violently its entire body is swaying. And then with a horrible ripping sound, a large segment of bone comes tearing out of the thing's palm. It looks mostly like a bone, but it is wickedly serrated and curved, and is clearly some type of weapon. It swings this blade-like bone at Elemin. The blade slams into your pauldron and slides off without causing you any real harm. As the golem is recovering, the four spider statues begin to move. Their legs begin to skitter and crawl as if they are running, but their bodies eerily stay suspended above the pedestals. Just as suddenly as they started, they stop, and a shockwave of energy goes spewing out from each of the statues. When these energy waves hit the golem, you can see the arrows that Aramel shot into it begin to like be pushed out. And then they like flop onto the ground and the hole closes behind it. You can see some of the like the burn marks that have come up over its shoulders, like onto the front of it, begin to like slowly recede. And the the like the part of its shoulder that was like broken in from Thorina's Warhammer like knits itself back together. And then I'm gonna need each of you to make a roll. So Varus, Malkin, and Aramil, as this wave of energy passes over you, you can feel it sapping your strength. You can feel yourself growing tired, as if you haven't slept for days. Cool. Well, how tall are the spider statues? They're about five feet. Alright, I want to use Thanrim, my sword, Mm -hmm. and just try to fucking hit it as hard as I can. Roll some damage. The magic blade slices a big chunk out of the statue. And out of the statue comes this cloud of that red energy, and it just dissipates into the air around you. Cool. I'm going to duck down so I could still maybe be hidden from it. Well, I'm going to do my one attack on the golem. I think it's just going to be wind up and then hit him in the torso region. Yeah, that's a good hit. Um, Anything else? I can't do anything else, remember? I'm slowed. Uh, Still, I'll just ask. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to cast a spell at it. Okay, what are you casting? Uh, Chain Lightning. Um, how close are those statues? They're about 25 feet. Yeah, I'm going to hit those two with some lightning. I can forget two other things. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll your damage. 
So what does that look like? Kind of just see me channel like a little spark between my fingers and hand as I hold them together. And then just kind of, I direct it in his direction. The closer it gets to him, like I like spread my hands out wider to kind of like, you know, just give it some flair. So when that lightning hits the golem, it doesn't seem to notice at all. And it just jumps from the golem to the statue and then to the other statues kind of around. So there's a nice there's a nice ring of lightning for a moment. Big chunks of, of stone come flying off of these spider statues. It's like a couple of them, the legs go flying. But the golem itself seems unaffected by the lightning. Sweet. <laughs> That's what I wanted. So the golem is going to bellow again. Big, sweeping, like, haymaker-type swings of his sword go one at Element and one at Farina. The first swing crashes into Element. The blade isn't sharp enough to pierce your magic armor, but the sheer force of the blow rattles you and smashes you against the inside of the armor. And then even though she is slowed, Therina's instincts are so sharp, she sees the swing coming at her and is able to duck out of the way. The end of the round, the, the spider statues, the legs are going to be in kind of like wiggling again, or like wriggling again, and they release another like burst of that red energy. When it hits the golem, it begins to heal, like the, the wounds are beginning to knit up again. And it's actually looking pretty damn good when it gets done. And then I need all of you to make a roll. This time, Therina and Malkin, you feel that... So this time, Therina and Malkin, you feel that wave of energy wash over you and drain the vitality from you. So Malkin, you are even more exhausted. Cool. And I'll yell out, does anybody have anything that can destroy those statues? My hammer! (laughs) (laughs) And then I will switch out my bow for the siege crossbow and I will shoot these two are damaged this okay. one is severely damaged and this one is untouched shit but Malkin is right next to that one alright I'll do it to the one closest to me northeast the, the bolt comes flying out of the siege crossbow and thing like as it's going through the air, the air is kind of almost parting around it, like, and then it just slams into that spider statue. Um, and that spider statue is gone. I'm going to take another swing at the heavily damaged spider statue in front of me. Okay. All right. So your sword like bites into the thing's thorax, and a big chunk of, of its center mass and like three of its legs go toppling off and like breaking onto the ground. What little is left of the spider and it just crumbles on top of the pedestal. And it is no more. So I look over to see if anyone saw what I just did. <laughs> I give you finger guns. <laughs> Single-handedly, once again, Malcolm says <laughs> back. <laughs> I mean, I'll just go ahead and hit the golem again, I guess, because I'm still... I want to attack. That is a good hit. The golem lets out another groan and staggers as your hammer again slams into its hip. 
Uh, I'm just gonna good old, you know, guiding bolt at the the spider statue. Then, if I could, that's still across. Okay. When your guiding bolt hits that statue, just explodes into dust. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. I'll respond to Aramil's uh, question earlier and say no. I don't have anything that's good against these uh, statues, but it seems like you got that crossbow. <laughs> so why don't we use that on the big guy? And I'm going to cast a uh, firebolt at the big guy. Okay. Okay, that's a good hit. A big chunk of the thing's torso starts like to, to burn and blister and like crackle under the heat, and uh, it lets out another like bellowing groan. So then the golem is just going to attack Karina and Element again. Two just big, like, huge wind-up kind of like haymakers, slashes like one, and then back across the other way to hit the other one. The bone blade again just whizzing by Therina's head as she backs out of the way. And then the golem brings the blade back around for another punishing blow against Element. Oof. That definitely hurt. Uh, the last remaining spider statue flares up. The golem heals a little bit, significantly less than it did the last time. I'm going to shoot the siege crossbow at the fourth statue. Okay. Again, this the, the crossbow bolt goes streaking. There's that kind of like wave back, like a like wind tunnel type effect, and then just slams into the spider. And it's almost like it's almost like this is exactly what that crossbow was meant to do, and almost completely obliterates the statue. And again, just it just it just explodes, just this cloud of dust. And when it settles, there's nothing left. I look at Malkin and say, "You're welcome." This fucking guy. <laughs> like I was aiming my bow at the one that he just blew up, and I and I shake my head at him, and I just kind of turn it toward the golem now instead, and nice. fire off fire off an arrow at the golem. Yeah, that is a good hit. Well, um, since I'm still in front of the golem, I will attack him again. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a critical. So where do you where are you hitting this thing? I, I think I'm just gonna go right for the hip area again, like right in the midsection, maybe right above the hip. Just like another swing across the middle. Okay. This thing lands with a, a resounding crack and like a crunch and like a smoosh. And like it's kind of somewhere between like a melon exploding and somebody like grinding gravel in, like into steel. And you can just see like the thing's hip is obliterated and it falls just a little bit and then like lands on what's left of its leg. And it's kind of just like, leaning on that thing kind of like just almost like it's a, a post, not really a leg anymore. Alright, I'm gonna just um, straight up sw- switch, switch, stab, stab motherfucker with my sword. Um, okay. But more like just a swish or a stab, I right. guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Do you want to give that a little bit of flavor, or? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say because it went down to like to the you know down to one knee kind of. Mm-hmm. I was aiming for the head, uh, unlike Thor, and uh, tried to. I'm trying to lob its head off. Okay. Yeah. So I think you you cut this thing across the neck and like into its collarbones. 
this is as it's like it's still kind of like in the process of like coming down off of having its hip destroyed by Tharina. It's almost like leaning into your attack. And as you do, like its head whips back and almost separates. And then as it like the the jarring uh, motion of it landing on that one leg like whips its head back forward and so it doesn't quite disconnect but it is like it might as well be de decapitated it is really angry at Farina for messing up its hit and so it's going to attack her with both of its attacks and it can just not hit her the blade goes flashing out swiping within fractions of an inch of Therina's face. But it can just not hit our angry dwarf. <laughs> and so that's the end of the round, and there's no spider energy coursing throughout the room, so this thing is just pretty fucked up. He's looking pretty rough. Going to fire another uh, arrow into the golem. Or Machina can hold his action so I can kill the golem. Uh, it's too late. It's too far. You're too far away. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what does it look like when you kill this thing? Every fucking time. Literally every fucking time. <laughs> I picture um, maybe like this last arrow like takes out its leg. And it just collapses, like, face down on the ground. Then that, like, last blow to its head or whatever is what killed it. I don't know if parts of it will fall apart or not, but it'd be great if, like, some of it fell on Therina, because I think it's funny. <laughs> but... <laughs> You're a jerk. I mean, I, I, I asked how you wanted to do it, so, um... Yeah. Like, that last impact just, like, snaps its head back, and the head goes, like, rolling back over the back, uh, like, down, like, actually down the back of the golem and back uh, behind where it was. And there's just this big, like, Gallagher watermelon splash of blood <laughs> that gets Thorina and Elliman just soaked. Oh. I look, uh, Malcolm looks over at Airmail and goes, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> and he, he, like, just starts uh, brushing off, like, the the rock dust from those things, and that's all he's really got on him while they're dripping in blood. <laughs> awesome. Uh, as soon as the as soon as the like the blood filled water balloon of the golem hits and like splashes all over, you hear the grinding of the the seals coming off of both of the stairs going up and down out of this room. I fucking sprint as fast as I can <laughs> for the for the stair. So you move up the stairs, coming into what is the what you remember being the first, basically the first floor, or like what is whatever is considered the ground floor in an underground world. The altar is still in the center of the room. It still has the cultists spread out on the center of it. It's the cultist organs are still on platters, circling around the thing, and the light within the room is now is purple instead of the, the red light that you found throughout the rest of the way. And coming up out of the altar, like equally spaced around it, it looks like the handles of some type of bladed weapon, like sticking out of the altar. Almost like like Sword of the Stones style if the entire blade was buried in the altar. 
and those are definitely not here on your way down. Guys, I know weapons are tempting, but this feels like a trap to me. I don't like it. But I don't use handled weapons anyway, so... I kind of want it. Can I, uh, from 30 feet away, cast the mage hand and just try to grab it from away from it? Yeah, you do. You draw it slowly out of the altar. It's a thin blade that curves forward, almost like a sickle. And the entire blade is made of some kind of black metal. I bring it over to the group. Is this what we need? When you spend some time studying the blade, you discern that the sword is magical and appears to be an initiation-type gift for the members of the Karazor who survived their trial in the temple. The rest of the blades in the altar are the same. Oh, well, I will take one. Sweet. As the five of you take stock of your new swords, hefting, giving them a swing to feel the balance and whatnot, we pull out from the scene until we see just the purple light seeping out of the doorway of the temple. Our view then swings. Everything is dark, but we can tell that we're now seeing somewhere not too far away. In the dark, we hear footsteps and panting. And then there are two shapes, slightly less dark than the black around them. A pair of paladins of the Armalucius run as if for their lives through the inky darkness. And something gives chase. fair, Thomas announced to all of us, before we started, that Devin and Evan gave him no orgasms. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't don't know what the context was, (laughs) but I definitely heard it. I think it speaks for itself. I don't know. It's not ambiguous. Same. Ooh, natural 20. Oh, does it matter for this? Nope. Fuck you. 24. It is still the best roll you can get, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it is a 20, plus 4, 24. 24. Nothing special about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I've got Thorina, Elliman, Varys, Malcolm, uh, Aramil. Oh no, if the order is important, that means something bad's about to happen. Yep, yep, let's go. No, no Malcolm couldn't go before me. <laughs> it's written in pen, I can't take it back. He wrote it down, guys, that's fucking serious. Someone feather fall down there. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
I was just uh, saying, like, when I threw you in a hole, you got mad. So if you go throw yourselves in a hole, <laughs> who's got that written down? Uh oh. No, I just want to double check the size on it. One, two, three, four. It's enough to fit five, like, exactly. That's amazing. Who uh, knew? <laughs> the exact it's square footage of all of us combined. Mm-hmm. I had it written down, Thomas, on my uh, notes that I got peed on. Why'd you pee on your notes? A cat peed on my notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, a cat peed on your D&D notes. That's like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I thought I did. <laughs> no! Why is that funny? I don't know. It's just such a random thing for a cat to pee on. Yeah, it was pretty shocking when I found out, too. <laughs> Do you have a cat? No. <laughs> Do I have time to react and, like, hit the spikes with my hammer that I'm coming close to? <laughs> Yeah, you definitely hit some of them with your hammer, and then the rest of them stab into you. Ralph, what the actor for what, was it? A like a live person? Was it pressure? Well, what? I think that you you figured out it was it, it was basically triggered by like having a live person above it. Okay, but like the arm didn't work, so maybe it has to be like your genitalia has to be above the. Pile. <laughs> oh, he screwed them. <laughs> I mean, if you get it, if you want to really get into the the nitty gritty, it was probably a, a certain amount of biomass that had to be above the particular gotcha. runes on the floor that triggered the magic. So, right. Well, never mind. <laughs> Inappropriate. So maybe shrinking a gnome down wouldn't have done it. Like maybe Tiny Malkin could have just run across the room. Oh, Tiny Malkin. Oh, you piece of shit. There's no way. Would that really have worked? It wouldn't have mattered. I would let him get across. Oh, but it wouldn't have mattered because we couldn't have. Okay, never mind. You're not a piece of shit. Sorry. I (laughs) overreacted. Does that bow do more damage to time since time is just a construct? (laughs) Uh, Take inspiration for that. Devin. What? Bye. Bye. Oh, God.